Hello and welcome to the Watertight Marketing Pod Blog with me, Bryony Thomas. Really simple concept. I've pulled out my most popular blog posts that are still relevant, useful and entertaining. And I'm reading them out here for those people who like to consume their content in audio rather than written style. So I shall simply read out my blog posts and you can listen to them here. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to watertightmarketing.com forward slash Bryony, which is spelled B-R-Y-O-N-Y. Right, let's get going with today's podlog. Is it time to validate concerns rather than overcome objections? It's received wisdom amongst many sales professionals that a key part of their role is to overcome the objections that people may have to buying what they have on offer. Indeed, many a training session and book can be found on the skills involved in objection handling. In writing the second edition of Watertight Marketing, I revisited Leak 5, No Critical Approval, to look at where this might fit in relation to your marketing tools. Leak 5 in the 13 Touchpoint Leaks, see Chapter 2, looks in detail at the evaluation and trial part of the buying decision, and particularly at the voices of veto that exist somewhere at this stage These voices are those that can stop a potential sale in its tracks. Most obviously, they are friends, family or colleagues of your buyer. For example, a spouse, a parent, a coach or boss. More subtly, these voices can be conflicting perspectives within a person's own mind. In either scenario, it's useful to look at what happens when these voices are not in favour of the purchase decision continuing. The voices do not want the potential buyer to buy from you. Does overcoming objections serve a long-term relationship? In many a sales methodology, this is where objection handling would fit. Like with so much received wisdom in the sales and marketing world, I just don't see it like this. Now, I used to participate in competitive debates where deconstructing an opponent's argument was very much the aim. It was sport to identify the weaknesses of their argument and counter it with a more compelling logic, better evidence claim, or an emotional appeal that defeated their point. This is a great technique in a debating competition, but is it effective in the relationship building context of securing trust from a long-term customer? Obstacles need to be overcome and problems need to be handled. Do you want your customers to consider that you see them or they're trusted in a circle as obstacles or problems? I suspect not. Might it be more effective to validate concerns instead? The approach I've developed to this and captured within the tweaks to this marketing leak is to validate concerns. The rationale is based on a number of lines of thought. Most third parties who have an opinion about a purchase decision at this stage in the process have the best interests of the buyer in mind. Their opinion makes complete sense from their perspective and nobody likes being told that they're wrong. One, raising concerns with the best of intentions. When somebody who's considering buying from you thinks it through in their own mind, consults someone they trust or seeks approval up the line, this is almost always a way of ensuring that they make the decision that's right for them or their organisation. This means that any concerns raised in this context almost certainly have the best interests of the buyer in mind. It can be extremely useful to think clearly about two things here. Is it truly in every buyer's interest to buy from you? 
surely there are times when the answer to this, to this question is no. Are there genuinely good reasons that a third party might identify that makes buying from you the wrong decision? Again, this may actually be the case. And it is often true that these third parties know your buyer or their context better than you. Two, concerns may make sense from their perspective. Having thought of these concerns with which you may agree, think then about those that don't make sense to you. Anything where you think a buyer is playing a false scenario in their mind or consulting people who have their facts wrong needs closer examination. Here, the task that best informs a marketer is to take the perspective in which these concerns would appear valid. Ask yourself how a reasonable and well-intentioned person might have reached this conclusion. Three, nobody likes being told they're wrong. Have a quick think about how you feel when you're told that something you truly believe is wrong or how you felt when you'd worked hard on something at school or college but got a poor mark. Most humans will feel rubbish in these circumstances. In fact, many will feel shame, anger, despair or vulnerability. I'm willing to bet that these are not the feelings you want a potential buyer or the people who have their trust to feel about you or your products. Finding a way to make them feel validated and respected is what you're after. How to validate concerns with great marketing content. With these three things in mind, let's look at how you can create marketing content that supports a salesperson or self-guided buying decision by validating concerns rather than overcoming objections. Our key framework for doing this is by creating a buyer's guide. Essentially, this is a well-written discussion or guide that helps someone to do the following things. First, assess their true context in relation to what they're buying. If it's not right, it's better that they know this now. Secondly, see the scenarios in which proceeding with the purchase may not be the right decision. If there are things about which you are not aware that make this true, it's best to get these raised sooner rather than later. Thirdly, consider all the likely questions they or someone they trust may reasonably ask, including those that they may not immediately think of and walk them through a true and evident set of answers that are respectful of anyone who may take a different perspective. Walking through multiple lines of questioning gets people to a much more committed end decision, either by way of rational thought or by enabling them to post-rationalise the decision they've already made. Once you have this cornerstone content, you can use it in a number of highly effective ways. Whilst not an exhaustive list, here are the most popular ways we see clients using this. Train your salespeople on the content and how to use it in meetings to validate the concerns that arise and invite people to walk through the decision from a number of perspectives. Publish it as a downloadable paper or ebook. Cut it up into blogs, blogs and social one-liners. Repurpose these into articles for the press titles that reach the third parties that your buyers are likely to consult. Or use it to create a workshop pack or unbranded cut and paste content that your champion can use internally with their family, peer group or colleagues. Are we just playing with words here? Some readers may see this as a simple case of semantics, but I happen to think that the language that we use about the techniques that we choose is extremely important. I know without doubt that many a sales guru will read this and say that what I've described is objection handling with a different name. To those people, I would reply that labels matter. 
language changes mindsets. And the mindset that I've seen most effective in securing long-term customer relationships is not one of winning the argument, but one of reaching mutual agreement. Thank you for listening to today's pod blog. Hope you found it really useful and interesting. I look forward to your comments and your questions. I love uh, reading them and answering them. If you want to find out more about watertight marketing, your best place to go is the Watertight Marketing book. If you go to watertightmarketing.com forward slash book, you will find out all about it. Enjoy.